As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Naughty Step, a parenting podcast for parenting people. Starring columnist, author and Craig McLachlan smile-alike. Seriously, Google it and compare the pictures. Stuart Heritage. And literal ball of actual walking human snot, Robin Wilder. Hello. This week, parenting when you're ill. Also, parenting when you're ill. Did we say that already? And What the Ladybird Heard on Holiday by Julia Donaldson and Lydia Monks. And parenting when you're ill. And how to manage your kids' expectations. And parenting when you're... Robin. So, the theme of today's episode then? Uh, uh, Craig McClacken. No. (laughs) But thanks, I guess. I I hear he's recently been accused of sexual impropriety. Oh, really? I think. I ought to check that before this goes in the podcast. Yeah, you should... I showed a picture of Craig, Craig McLaughlin. McLaughlin? McLaughlin. I don't know. To Herbie this morning. And he went, is that daddy? <laughs> I've heard it before. And then he said, looks like you might be a lady. <laughs> <laughs> which, which era, Craig McLaughlin? All eras. Well, you showed him a timeline of, of I, I showed Craig him a, McLaughlin's aging I a picture process. of Craig. Short hair older picture of Craig McLaughlin. Kylie era. Uh, Neighbours era, Craig McLaughlin. I see, and uh, and like 2018, Craig. Yeah, but he's like a he's like a fat old grey hair. I'm going to Google this. He's a fat old grey haired man. He's not a fat old grey haired man. Uh, oh no, he was cleared of claims that he harassed colleagues on. See, the set. everything's okay. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> you can look like him. It's okay. Yeah, and apparently the cast and crew told the investigator that workplace culture and humour on the show was Benny Hill esque, oh. which means like massively sexist and sort of very demeaning to women. That's not an excuse. <laughs> oh Jesus! Anyway, images. Anyway, that's who you look like. So we're ill. Oh God, we're so ill. Let's just. Before we... The whole fucking podcast we're going to about how ill we are. Listen to my voice. Robin doesn't sound ill. Robin sounds normal. I sound ill. 
All I'm doing is coughing up phlegm. You said you coughed up a brown ball. Yeah. And, I mean, no, we'll get into this later. But I sound ill. You sound fine. You're going to get into the phlegm later. Yeah, it's very phlegm heavy. (laughs) This is going to be like um, ASMR for people who are really into phlegm, this whole podcast. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm stroking your hair. So, hi, we're back. And guess what? We're not very well. (laughs) (laughs) Half an hour of people complaining that they don't feel well. Lucky you. I I had the beginnings of cold. And I congratulated myself on how it wasn't turning into anything more. I was like, this is just a cold. I can deal with this. It's just... And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I, I was shivery and hot and cold. Yeah, yeah. And normally when that happens, you take a day off work and you go to bed. Yeah. But we've got two small children. So I went to bed, but I didn't go to bed alone. I took the baby to bed. Because he is also ill. He is also ill, but he spent the entire time just suckling on the boob. And it's that's not very relaxing when you're dehydrated. I had to take uh, the oldest one to a children's party and he's not ill. At least... Your child. <laughs> what? <laughs> At least the your fuck? <laughs> At least the child who was under your care was muted and ill. So uh, Herbie was like, ping, bang, ping, 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 and I couldn't cope with it because I'm I'm running at like maybe fifteen percent speed currently. But on the day that you were really really ill, you went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day that I was really really ill, I went to bed with. Ned and I was just shivery and I needed to sleep and he wouldn't Not sleep. Not competition, though, is it? No, no. This is what I'm saying. We're doing a fucking podcast about being ill with children. I'm yeah, no, but it's not a competitive it podcast. Is no, it, it is. I had it worse than you. I was ill. I was iller than you. Were you? Yes. Last night I had the shivers and that was day two. Okay, maybe this should be pe- being ill when you're with a, in a relationship with a competitive wanker wife. Husband, you're the one who's saying that you were iller than me. I, I'm but not I, you, saying that. That wasn't the case at all. Oh. I've been the illest. I was the illest. I'm. <laughs> you're the illest. Yeah, boy. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you're really, really unwell with a virus, you just want to go to bed. You just don't want to deal with anything. You just want to pass out for a while, and you can't do that when you have a child. Is my point. Okay. I, Why did not... you couch it in such competitive terms? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come on. Get it together. I, I can't. I'm not well. I'm really cold. And You should wear a jumper. I was wearing a jumper. Then I got really hot. I think this might be the flu. I No, it's not cold. the flu. The flu kills people. We've just got a cold. There is a word in Korean, where I used to live in Korea, that it means specifically you get ill when the seasons change. And I know this because I once went into a convenience store and the man was saying, what's the word in English for when you get ill when the seasons change? And I was like, there isn't one. And he was like, but it's blah, blah, blah. And it's so prevalent there because they have such pronounced seasons that it's just it's just the thing that happens. And I think we should find one and introduce one in English. That's weird. Because it happens to me every... It happens to me four times a year without fail. So what's the word? In Korean? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. It was like 15 years I ago. Said, what? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I thought that was literal. Wow, you thought me just going blah, 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 blah. It was Korean. Know. 
Wow, you're racist. I'm very tired. You're quite right. Hey, do you want me to speak some Korean to you? Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. I just said I love you in Korean. Did you? Yeah. No, you didn't. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so you went to a children's party. Yeah. On day three. Day two. Day two day of two. this virus. The way you are now. Yeah. yeah. So you walked 40 minutes. No, I got a taxi. You got a taxi there? Yeah. Oh, very good. I got a taxi both ways because I couldn't. I, well, I, I got out of breath walking up the stairs. Uh, uh, so I got taxis. I had lots of fun. Uh, it was nice. There were lots of kids. And I made the mistake of not remembering that I was ill. So I was talking at a normal voice, at a normal volume, like this. And then uh, I was in the taxi home and it was just a moment of quiet. And my throat just seized up. And that's why I sound like this today. So describe your symptoms. Oh, we're doing that. Of what? Well, I want people to understand what it's like to be at a children's party when you're not well. Okay. Uh, my symptoms, headache, very sore throat. It hurts when I swallow. Right. Um, a little bit hot and cold. So much phlegm that you just wouldn't believe it. It's just <laughs> rattly and it's thick. It's a thick brown phlegm. And Ned, our seven-month-old, is um, oh, like a week ahead of us because yeah. he had it last week. And he he spent a few days going around just chewing on it. He was coughing <laughs> up phlegm and then just chewing. And he isn't eating solids yet, so I was worried that he'd pick something up off the floor. And you were like, no, no, it's just phlegm. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that when Stuart was describing his phlegm, he had his fingers circled in an okay gesture. Did I? So he was going, it's thick. Like, a, like I'm just... a sommelier yes. of phlegm. I'm a phlegmelier. <laughs> it's just disgusting. I, <laughs> I yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I was just hawking up wads and wads of phlegm into a tissue uh, next to our oldest son. And I finished and I wrapped it all up, you know, made it into a parcel. So they say, you know, everywhere. like it's thing. That people do. What do you do when you hawk up a greenie? Do you just leave it flopping about on the... On I go the... to the bathroom and I put it in the toilet. Right, yeah. But how do you get it there? You don't I, just balance it on mouth. top. Like, really? You yes. just keep it in your mouth? Yes. And then I go and spit it out. No, you spit it into a hanky. No. Or a tissue. Yes, you do. And I <laughs> so I parceled it up and made it into a nice envelope. And he went, me too. And then went to lick. <laughs> he went to lick my phlegmy tissue parcel oh my god <laughs> i mean i let him he was asking me this morning if i could sing with him and i said no no i can't sing mummy's throat hurts and then a minute later he went mummy my chin hurts uh, i told him my voice hurts and i couldn't sing and he voice kissed hurts. he kissed my neck and went what about now <laughs> <laughs> fuck off <laughs> no he does that to me think the what's your worst experience of being ill with a kid i'm i you know you know when people get ill they sort of forget that they've ever been ill before Yes. That's what I've got. So I'm going to say this. And it absolutely isn't this, but I'm going to say this because this is the illest I've ever been. I think that there are two that I remember. One is for me. One is when I got that migraine when Herbie was a baby and I had to go to Amy. Oh, when you went to hospital. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> and then uh, last year, just for Christmas, I got norovirus while I was... Uh, I went to my best friend's house. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that was bad, yeah. It was the first time I'd ever... I'd been away with the baby. I was going to go for the weekend. We were going to drink wine. It was going to be really nice. Uh, I took the baby, got there, walked in. She gave me a glass of wine. I went, this tastes weird. Uh, And she went, does it? And I went, yeah, you know when you drink wine and uh, you take a sip of wine and then it burns in your stomach? (laughs) And she went, No. And then I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And then I stayed there. It was like five hours. I was getting frightened 
phone calls from her saying, I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, I'm, I can't do anything. <laughs> You're so helpful. Well, what can I do? Why don't you calm down, Ellie? No, but what can I do? Like, come up and watch you puke up? Yeah. With uh, get, our, get our son out of bed, yeah. travel for two anyway, hours, and then watch you vomit. I was vomiting so much. And the other thing. Shitting. Yes. There was only one toilet as well. And the... Oh, it was all the... Did you shit I, your trousers? I did. That's right. I did. Quite badly. <laughs> While vomiting, I could feel it coming out. And I was like, oh, no. And... All that was going through my head was, I'm not in my house and I've only bought one change of clothes. And I was trying, and in between all that, shitting, vomiting, Ellie was bringing in the baby so I could feed him. It was, and breaking the news to Ellie that there was poo involved was so hard through the door. She was like, okay, so can I get you some water? I was like, Ellie, what I'm going to need? <laughs> I'm going to need a towel. I'm going to need three bin bags. I'm going to need a complete change of clothes. Jesus Christ, I've never had it that bad. It was pretty bad. I and mean, your dad had to come and get me. That's right. Um, yeah, he was like, he phoned me up and was like, she's always exaggerating. She's always taking the piss. And he was just moaning and moaning. And then he saw, saw you and he came out and went, oh, all right, fair play. <laughs> uh, I suppose we should like, think of some advice. What to do if you're a parent and you're ill? Well, it depends on the illness. Oh, yeah. We're talking, yeah, by the way, we're talking like minor, minor illnesses. We're not being, That's. I think that's a very important distinction to make. Oh, yeah. Just you can this... complain about being ill, being a bit poorly, but then there's a proper illness. And we don't, we don't want to go thing. there because yeah. we don't really, we don't have any advice that, no. about that. But when, you, when, you, when, you when you've got, got self-pity and you've got a bit of phlegm, what do you do? Suck I, it up. Oh, my God. That's what you've got to do. I'll just jump in. You've just got to fucking suck it up. Do it. Subjugate your own feelings. Look after the kid. Stop complaining. Okay. Also, thanks for letting me stay in bed uh, on Saturday. <laughs> that was quite nice and helpful. Yeah, see, my my day when I, I was staying in bed, I, I was really worried I wasn't being a very good mum to Ned because I was just passing out while he was still awake and that kind of thing. It wasn't brilliant. No. If you need to shit, if you've got, well, it depends depends on the type of illness <laughs> that you have. If you have a, a sneezy fever illness, then just rely on uh, the TV. Yeah. Take all the drugs, sit, stay up, rely on the TV, hand over to somebody else as soon as you can. Nap times are your nap times too. Yes. That's what I found. Yes, that's That's right. very useful. If it's a shitty virus, set up activities uh, for the kids in and out of the bathroom. Most importantly... There's a very strong likelihood that they're the ones who were ill in the first place and you're ill because of them. So fuck them. Today on Bedroom Book Club, which I, we should explain this again because we get told off when we don't explain it, is me talking about books that I read to my son at bedtime. It's very self-explanatory. Oh my God. I'm going to be talking about a book called What the Ladybird Heard on Holiday. Following in the footsteps of every great lawman since Elliot Ness... The mute ladybird who once foiled a fiendish cow theft in what the ladybird heard is back on the case. This time, its city break to London is interrupted when it discovers that its arch nemeses, Hefty Hugh and Lanky Len, are planning yet another foul crime. This time, breaking into Buckingham Palace and stealing the royal crown from the Queen's head while she sleeps. 
rather than notify the police, the Ladybird takes things into its own hands. A glowing tribute to the wonders of vigilante justice, what the Ladybird <laughs> heard on holiday, was written by Julia Donaldson, illustrated by Lydia Monks, published by Pan Macmillan last June, and currently has an Amazon page rank of 27,979. Also, thank you for pa- uh, to Pan Macmillan for sending us. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, this is going to be bad then. What? I really don't like the book. It's fine. Okay. I get this once again. You haven't read this. I have read it. You have read it. Yeah. Good. So you can pitch in. Yes. Good. What do you think of it? Uh, I like that the corgis are involved, and they are the actual corgis that the Queen owns. Oh, really? Holly yes. and Willow. Holly and Willow. Holly Willow. There should be a third one called B. No, there should not. Holly Willow B. Uh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Don't explain it to me. I have many problems with this book. Okay, list your problems. First, it's a Julia Donald. It's written by Julia Donaldson, who is, as we all know, the Gruffalo. I think, was it the squash and a squeeze we did last time? Yes, she's not actually the Gruffalo. <laughs> did I say she was the Gruffalo? <laughs> oh man, I need fluids. <laughs> so she's the Gruffalo lady. Um, however, what the Ladybird heard, which is apparently, I've, I've learned, is the third instalment in a series, which might explain some of my uh, um, concerns about it, is illustrated by not Axel Schiffler. And that's really, it's so weird when you, you're used to seeing an illustrator always illustrate something by an author and then a new person comes in. It's like the, when you read Haruki Murakami and the, the, the covers other are translator. Different. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is exactly like that. That's a highbrow reference that we both get. It's not really highbrow. It is highbrow. <laughs> I did a quiz. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I did an online quiz that said I was highbrow. Um but yeah, no, it's exactly like that. He's got two English translators. One either gets the good books yeah. or Ooh. is just better at translating yeah. it. And one's shit. Anyway, uh, it's weird. I found that with um, Roald Dahl when I was a kid. You, When I think of Roald Dahl, I always think of Quentin, Quentin Blake. Yeah. Always, always, always. And then there was a book. Uh, it might have been Danny the Champion of the World. Not illustrated by Quentin Blake. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> anyway, so that's my that's my like key problem. Right. With uh, w- with the book is that. Second, like, there are some syntax problems that I don't know if it's aimed at a younger audience, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't flow as well. Oh. And I'm learning increasingly that the difference between a good children's book and a bad children's book is the way it scans. Now, my bigger problem with the book is that I have to read it like a fucking minion. <laughs> a much bigger... Recent development in bedtime is that my son has rejected the daddy persona and wants me to be other people. We talked about this a bit last week, yeah. so I'm Batman sometimes. Often I'm now Minion. And for some reason, uh, What the Ladybird Held on Holiday is a specifically Minion book. I've tried reading it as daddy and he shuts it down immediately. Really? And just says, no, Minion, you read it. This book is called... Good the ladybird had on holiday. What the ladybird had on holiday? By Lydia Monks and Julia Donaldson. Yeah. And the the big problem with reading as a minion is the kid's got no respect for minions. <laughs> he interrupts. He's like, there, there's a there's a passage in the book where uh, uh, the monkey. So. Oh. I'll explain the plot of the book very quickly. The ladybird goes to London, goes to the zoo, 
uh, overhears a plot to these two guys want to kidnap a monkey, send him up into Buckingham Palace to steal the crown. So there's a one page in it where the monkey gets into the queen's bedroom, and there are four. She lives in a, she sleeps in a four poster bed because right. she's the queen. She's posh. Yeah. Uh, but the posts are not very convincingly drawn. And I don't know what Herbie thinks they are, but he calls them Boomba Booms. So every time we get to that page, he's like, the Boomba Boom, it's the Boomba Boom. And I, uh, uh, it happens, stuff like that happens on every page, and I really lose my patience. And Posty Dogs agreed to do just what? Oh my God, what? He does, he has no respect for the, uh, the uh, what's it called? Linear storytelling. Doesn't he? No, especially with what the lady had heard, because he always wants to do the noises of the animals. Oh, yeah. Then he's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Lydia Monks is a very... I like her as as an illustrator. She's vivid, and it's uh, it's very clearly designed for a younger audience. However, I would argue that she made the corgis look a bit too much like foxes, because that confuses the shit out of... Oh, really? Yeah. Every time we get to it, he's like, that's a fox, and I have to explain. And normally, as dad... I can explain with authority. But the minion, he just rides roughshod. And they led the way while the queen said... They're no foxes, 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 no gorilla, no foxes, no gorilla. Corgi, 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 corgi and monkey, no foxes, no gorillas. I need to laugh. Corgis are weird. You don't realise. You look at corgis mm. and you just see, oh, that's a queen's dog. You look properly look at a decontextualised corgi. That's a weird fucking dog. My friend Rachel had a corgi. Go! Oh, then I take it back. <laughs> they uh, they have nice fluffy bums, though. They do really do. They're they're very pleasingly fluffy. Oh well, thank you, Crufts. <laughs> and when they run, they look like rabbits because they're fluffy bums. They must be so inbred. What do you mean, so inbred? All dogs. Oh, I was talking about the royal family. Rimshot, jokes, applause, taking a bow, soaking up everyone's love. You yes. Quite, I think you might still be a bit delirious. <laughs> Rating. Yeah, let's rate it out of ten. Okay. One, two, three, Six. five. Oh, close. High five. Oh, no. I didn't high five you. That was you clapping your hands. Why do you always say that? Now for a section called Your Questions, in which we deal with your questions. This is a question from a while back, because as you remember, last week I said to everybody, hey, what's the most judgmental thing a parent, uh, another parent ever said to you? And we were going to do judgmental parents for this episode, but we're not now because we're ill. So today's question is from, I think it's pronounced Cyanid Mills, S-I-O-N-E-A-D, Cyanid, that is at L-L-E-F, so hello let me know how you pronounce it she presuming she has said where do you draw the line between you're great you can do anything you want shoned 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 that's lovely yeah where do you draw the line between the you're great you can do anything you want and realistically you will never be an astronaut your mum scraped her maths gcse darling confidence building with kids well, that's an interesting question. Mm. What would you say is the answer? I would try not to draw the line. I Personally, I would just try and support them in whatever because you don't need to be genetically good at maths to be an astronaut, surely. Oh, yeah. 
No, that makes sense. Uh, so I, I just push it that let them find out on their own that they can't do whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not your job to. They they will find out on their own that their options are limited in life, uh, and like everything is ultimately a disappointment. They don't know how old or how old her children. Are. I don't know. Because uh, I, I our children are young enough that I wouldn't do that. <laughs> if he went, Daddy, I'm a lion. I wouldn't say, listen, you're not a lion. You're a person. Let me sh- describe to you genetics. Um, and then he'd stop there because you don't know how to... Yeah, no, no, just walk up. He would have got bored by then. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure it's our responsibility to, to make them shoot, aim low or lower than we think because, you know, we don't know what they want to do. The jobs that they might have in the future don't exist yet. We don't have any idea. What? That like, was deep. My mum was never said to me, "You're going to be a you're, freelance you're social blog? media editor." But but I was. But to play devil's advocate, all right. Let's say uh, Shawnee's children are in their teens, right? And that one of them has just said, despite having no musical talent whatsoever, "Mummy, I'm going to go on X Factor," mm. and well, you know, she knows. That that teenager is going to embarrass themselves and be in the compilation of awful singers uh, that are only there so they can be insulted. What would you do then? Well, then you have to figure out whether what anything you say is going to make a difference. If I was 16 and my mum said, don't do something, I would go and do it. Or whatever she said, I would do what I wanted anyway. Because when you're 16, you think your parents don't know anything. So then maybe it would be about figuring out how to support him or her if and when it all goes wrong. So you plan for the worst. Accept your child's limitation. Never tell them and plan for the worst. Be no. the mop-up guy. Well, pretty much, yeah. But you, ca- the, the problem you have is you, you can't control what your children do. They are not you. They're not extensions of you. You can't make them do what you want because you don't agree with it. That's exact, they do the exact opposite of that. So, yeah, be the mop-up guy. Okay. What lessons can you learn? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> now for a segment called Your Questions where we go I don't like it no you sort it out Jesus what am I <laughs> and that's the end of episode 12 of The Naughty Step uh, just to let you know you've all caught just by listening to this you've all caught the same thing we've got it's really horrible it's really bad if you want to rate subscribe do that uh, follow us on Twitter, Naughty Step Pod. No, not the Naughty Step. My God, no, not the no, Naughty don't Step. Don't follow the Naughty Step. Thank on you, Leo. My Jesus Christ. Oh, no, I accidentally put that, uh, said that we were the Naughty Step on Twitter. Uh, and someone went, hey, check that. And it's a porn, it's a porn <laughs> account. It's a porn account. Very specifically a sort of punishment based porn. Oh, really? I think so. Eey. It was uh, like. Oh, not... I suppose if it's called the Naughty Yeah, step. it wasn't the sort of porn that I'd go yay at. It was the sort of porn that I went yikes at. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, new slogan for Red Tube or whatever it's called. <laughs> porn you can yay at, not yikes at. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Right, uh, that's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> but see you next week. Get some sleep. Bye.